Kurt. Hey, Mike. How are you doing tonight? Good. Good. And you? I'm doing really well. Thanks. Thanks for calling yeah. into this. I really appreciate it. No problem. To give you a little bit of background, I'm I'm just a lifelong Dallas Mavericks fan, uh, born and raised here. Uh, live just north of Dallas in Richardson with my wife, and uh, oh, yeah. I, I love I love the NBA. I love the Mavs. Um, I didn't really get into the Mavs till about 1995 or so. I'm a just turned 32, but I, uh, you know, I really enjoy learning about the team and learning more about their history. And so um, I've been for close to a year now talking to a lot of different former Mavericks, 30 something now, um, maybe even closer to 40. And I really enjoy it. And I've talked to a few of your teammates from the eighties and uh, I've, I've enjoyed yeah, those conversations yeah. as well. Yeah. I saw you talk to Scott. I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And who else? Charlie Sitton. Um, oh yeah, Charlie. Yeah. Charlie. Uh, Stan Petkovich. Yes, Dan. And I think Dennis Nutt, who might have been in camp with you, he eventually became a oh. Mav a couple of years later, but you might have been in a training camp with him. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's been – oh, I talked to Uwe Blob as well. Oh, yeah. Yep. I played yeah. against him in Europe too. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's, that's yeah. pretty cool. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, and, and I really enjoy um, talking to the guys, and I'm excited to, to learn more about you. Sure. Shoot. Yeah. So – you know, I know you grew up in Milwaukee, and uh, yeah. so while you're growing up there, what got you interested in the game of basketball? You know, uh, my height was the, you know, it's what got me in, uh, but I was so uncoordinated that, uh, <laughs> yeah, nobody showed any uh, confidence in me until uh went to high school, really. And uh coach started me on the B squad, which was huge for me because I was wondering if I was even going to make the team. Mm -hmm. So, so I was kind of a late bloomer and uh, we had, a, and we ended up having a great team in, in, uh, in our high school as a, as a starter, I was 43 and one. Wow. That's really impressive. Uh, we went to the state tournament, did the whole thing. It was a lot of fun. Sounds like it was fun. Um, did you play against any future NBA players at that time? Uh, yeah, um, uh, Bill Hanslick, uh, Joe Wolf. Oh yeah, I know Joe uh, Wolf. Yeah, or I know the name. Yeah. Bill Hanslick. Yeah, he played with Denver too. A couple of the th three tall guys, six seven guard and six ten and six ten, six eleven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's pretty cool. Um, what was yeah. the uh, recruiting process that led you to Arizona State? Um, you know, I saw some. I, I went on a tr trips and. I just fell in love with this. Something about Arizona got me. Um, the campus is beautiful. The facilities were beautiful. I mean, everything was just so brand new and nice mm -hmm. that, that uh, I don't know. And uh, I got—I think I got there sometime during Phoenix was in the was in the finals. Oh, against Boston, but, maybe. Yeah. 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 And that's when I became a Phoenix fan right there. <laughs> that's, that's cool. And uh, Scott was a college teammate of yours, right? No, he wasn't. Uh, oh, he he, wasn't? I, okay. I showed up right when he left. Gotcha. Okay. So you just, just missed yeah, each other. Yeah, I showed up in 76. Yeah, we, we met up in uh, Dallas, and he was great in Dallas. He was such a sweet guy. I really liked him, and, and it was fun hanging with him. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, what were what what were some of your your most memorable college experiences for you uh, playing college basketball at ASU? Oh, we had a great team. Um, we just didn't get far enough, and it was pretty disappointing. But uh, we had our starting five. At one at one point, it was a scruples question, or it was a trivia question. What uh, starting five in college went on to start for their prospective NBA teams uh, during the same year? Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and we had uh, Lafayette Lever, Byron Scott, Sam the Slam Williams, Alton Lister, and me. That's that's pretty impressive. That's the starting man. five, yeah, and Johnny Nash coming off the bench, and Paul Williams, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, Nash was a prodigy too. Yeah, uh, how far did you guys get in the in the? Did you, you know, advance in the we tournament? We came up across another great team, Ohio State. Kelvin Ramsey, Clark Kellogg, is it Kevin Smith? Um, you know those three guys, three guys that made it in the NBA and their team too. Mm-hmm. And that was and that whole that whole game was played above the rim. It was a pretty exciting game, but we ended up <laughs> losing to them, unfortunately, in the playoffs. Yeah, so you finish you finished college in, in 1980 and you're drafted in 1980 by Denver, but you didn't come to the yeah. NBA right away. Um, can you talk a little no. bit about the uh, the places you stopped before you made your way to Dallas? Oh, a bunch of weird places. Um, <laughs> played in uh, Italy in some strange fort town. That was really strange, unusual. And What was and, strange uh, about it? It was just a town on top of a hill with a wall around it, you know, fort <laughs> town, Chieti, Italy. It's not too far from Pescara, close to the Adriatic. Um, yeah, and it was it was pretty strange. I mean, they had a tile floor. Um, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had plexiglass all around to protect us from the raging fans, <laughs> or protect the visiting team, anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really. Really, my it was totally different from it was it was a kind of a down. It was kind of like a at that time the game wasn't as good in Europe, and it was kind of dialed down as a uh, from a college team or a college league. But the players were some of the players were great, but some of the players just weren't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. And then you made your way to the Alberta Dusters. Yeah, that was that was. That wasn't. A, that was quite an experience too. Um, yeah, that uh, fights in the locker room. <laughs> um, coach uh, didn't know what he. Really, not a good coach. Yeah, from college. Now, little. I went. To, had a couple of bad coaches, and then uh, I was kind of uh, worried about the whole scene, and so I went to training camps, and I eventually went to Dallas, and they picked me up. Yeah, okay. I was going to ask about what, what events unfolded for you to make your way to Dallas. So in 1981, you come here, and it's the, the second year in the team's history. Um, at that time, as an as NBA rookie, you know, what were your impressions of, of Dallas and, and of the Mavericks as an organization, a very young organization? Yeah, I mean, that's my first impression of the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I have to, you know, in the long run, it was when I look back. Those were the best years of my youth. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. Dallas is such a great city. Loved Dallas. My sister lived there. Okay. Um, 
So that was good. She got season tickets every, every year. <laughs> um, and so I had family there. Mm-hmm. And uh, people were great. People were psyched about the new team. Great energy. It was uh, great teammates. A lot of fun to hang with. Um, and uh, it was a whole new level. I mean, that was a, definitely a big jump up from where I was doing. Yeah, no, that, that would many, make sense. On many levels. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any particular memories that stick out about, about your rookie year? Um, it was tough. I mean, I didn't know, I didn't think I was going to make it. You know, I, I, didn't, I remember the practices being two a days for a month. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, in, it was intense. And uh, I liked the coach. I liked the system. You know, it kind of just worked out well for me. And uh, it was just me getting adjusted to what the NBA lifestyle was like. Um, mm-hmm. And after I made the team, it was just, you know, just trying to acclimate on and off the court, you know, with everybody. And they would have parties, team parties from the fine money, thanks to Mark McGuire. <laughs> but uh, uh, we had some great parties, and that was that really helped out a lot. Well, where did these parties take place, if you if you don't mind me asking? Oh, uh, they just rent out a room in the hotel. Oh, really? Yeah, or some or a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, and cool. uh, and all the fine money went to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's funny to hear. Um, yeah. What was uh, Dick Mata like as a as a coach for you as a young player? Yeah, he was a bit hard nosed. Um, he was, uh, you know, for a young team, he was appropriate. Um, as in hindsight, I could look back and say that it helped me out a lot, and I, and I needed. It. But then there are times when he just went overboard. And but for a young team, that's not so bad. And uh, but sometimes he just went, just went, just went a little bit to beat a bit of beat a dead horse too much, you know. But. Uh. Uh, but uh, I think that a lot of players, and I could see that as I was traded, that that wave was maybe going to end up getting a coach, a more seasoned coach, not seasoned coach, a more player coach. And that's what happened, I think, eventually. Okay. No, thanks, thanks yeah. for, uh, for sharing that. Um, so, like I said, I'm not super familiar with uh, – with the Mavericks 80s history, I've enjoyed learning about it more over the past year, but I was doing a little bit of research on you and uh, just learning more about your tenure here, and I wanted to see if you could um, shed any light on something I read about or recall your memories about it. I read that you were, I believe it was in 1984, ejected in a game for fighting with Hakeem Olajuwon. Do you remember anything about, about that night? Yeah, I got ejected three times for three fights. Oh, wow. <laughs> um. So I think one was uh, Gerald Wilkins, not Gerald Wilkins. Uh, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, I think it was Dr. Gerald Wilkins. He was the uh, thinking about the big guy in Utah. Um, uh, Mark Eaton? No, no, uh, Mark. no. Mark wouldn't. I mean, actually, Mark and I are friends. Oh, really? <laughs> back, back at those times. But uh, again, Gerald Jeff Wilkins. That's it. And another one, a guy from Cleveland. Yeah, Kim Elijah on. Uh, for some reason, I played Akeem good. Mm-hmm. I don't know my defense. I think uh, um, I could keep up in, in some ways or guard him in some ways and and draw fouls in some ways. And he got mad. 
that uh, that I flopped on him. <laughs> so that's what happened. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and at just... that time, he wasn't having a good game, and I was, and we both got kicked out. <laughs> that's uh, that's funny. That's that's funny to hear. Um, I think Dick said. Uh, I think Dick said. Uh, um, you know, he was having a bad game. You were the one having a better game. You you would have almost got your ass kicked or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing? Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so yeah, you spent you know the majority of your years in in the NBA here in Dallas and you were you know here pretty much from the very beginning to when the team started to turn the corner and make make the playoffs a little bit things started to get exciting in Reunion Arena um what do you remember about those those playoff years i know you know the team was you know like i said just turning the corner starting to get success uh, what do you remember about the environment in in Dallas um it was great yeah it was wonderful um those are the years I remember more. I mean, not the years, but the the games mm-hmm. and uh, the, the playoffs against uh, against uh, Seattle and LA. The series, yeah, that was a lot. Those stand out more than the regular season games. I think that's where I looked at most of the my years was the playoffs seemed to stick out more in my mind. Maybe oh yeah, that. I would think so. Yeah, and uh, I remember one time we played a playoff game at SMU. I was about to ask you that, Moody Madness. Yeah, that was wild. I really liked that. They had a good game. Um, I mean, they had the speakers, big speakers, you know, from the lowered from the scoreboard, and they were just, just, just rocking the house, and it was loud and really tight and, and compact with tons of people, and it was, I mean – Reunion Arena gets loud, but uh, that was just as loud, if not more. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's cool to hear. I know that that was a very exciting moment in the yeah. in the team's history. So, you know, just like I said, as going through while I was doing research on you, I found a couple other interesting things I wanted to ask you about. I know when you were when you were traded to the Clippers for James Donaldson, I found an article saying that you were not surprised by this trade because a psychic uh, had told you about that. Um, can you, can you clarify that or, or shed any light on, on that situation? Yeah, I, I went to the psychic. Um, and I, was, I was just playing around going, doing stuff like that. And, <laughs> and the psychic uh, nailed me on one thing. I forgot what it was. She predicted. And it was such a shock that she predicted it that, uh, I went to see her again, and I asked her about uh, the other, the first prediction was personal. Um, the other prediction, I mean, was with the, my with my work. Mm-hmm. And she says, uh, "Pack light, you're going to be moving." <laughs> you sure? Yeah, pack light. So I, when I got back, I said, "Well, I'll just go with it." So I rented out an apartment, rented out furniture, rented out everything. And uh, just so I could bail if I had to, mm-hmm. and uh, and it happened. And she said it was somewhere warm too. Um, <laughs> so she was pretty good. Uh, and uh, I never saw her again. But, that's but uh, and that's yeah. when you were but, traded from Dallas to Los Angeles. Yeah, and you know I I kind of knew that was going to happen because they were looking for a, a big guy too. Mm-hmm. And and it actually was a good trade for him. We got a true center. I'm mainly a 
power forward. So yeah, yeah that's so that's interesting. I I thought that was a an interesting fact to find. And another thing, so uh, I don't know. Do you keep up with the the Mavericks at all these days? A little bit, a little bit, not much. Yeah, one of the uh, television analysts, um, he's just a lifelong Mavs fan and knows the team's history probably better than anybody. And so, um, I and I actually did one of these conversations with him as well, um, probably last spring. And and he's and I and I asked him what he what he remembered about you, just because he he's just like such a great wealth. Uh, of uh, Mavericks information, and and he mentioned something about he thinks that you were visiting some some haunted houses at the time or something. He said he remembered reading about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. I went to that was another thing I was into at that time. I was like the you know one of the first people into the new age type stuff at that yeah. time. <laughs> and, you know, I, I got out of that phase, but uh, it was fun for a little while. Yeah, um, yeah, we went to uh, I, I I spent I. I wanted to find out the most haunted house I could go to because I was interested in the paranormal. Okay. So, and uh, when it came up after I did some research at the Myrtle Plantation in, outside of St. Francisville, Louisiana, which, I don't know, about 23 people were killed there or something like oh, that. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it was the Sterling family and all these people that just hung, people were hung and left, you know. So, this has all happened in their plantation. Interesting. Um, yeah. And then... Uh, I went to stay the weekend there for All Star break. Okay. And, yeah, and uh, and then I remember one night I was kind of waiting for things to happen. I mean, everything was in the house exactly the way it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so nothing happened. It was, it was the last night, and uh, and the host and her boyfriend were going to go out on the town and go out, and I had the whole house to myself. So, so I grabbed a six pack of beer. I put it outside their bedroom door because it was cold in the house. Besides the bedrooms, um, and I just started drinking. I said, "Well, by the time I'm done with the six pack, I'll I'll be asleep. <laughs> you, know, you know, nothing will happen." So I'm I'm down to four beers, down to two beers. I'm just laying in bed, and they had a chandelier above my head with about I don't know eight ten eight ten lights, and one light went out. And then the next light went out. And then the next light went out in sequence. What? <laughs> and I was down to two lights, two bulbs. And then my hair stood up in the back of my neck. And I jumped to my feet on the bed. Uh, my head was run by the chandelier. I went up there and I screwed the bulbs back. In. So you can make what you want out of that. That's a true story. Um, uh, can that happen? And can it can it go in a like one two all in a row like that? Maybe, maybe it's happened to somebody else. I don't know. That's interesting. Thank you for sharing that. That's uh, that's definitely the first uh, and probably only haunted house story I'll get on this podcast. So that's that's pretty cool <laughs> that that, uh, that you experienced that. Um, so yeah, I know you know you were in LA for a little while and um, went to Detroit and were you know you were part of that Detroit team that took. Uh, Boston to seven games in that great series. Yeah, that, um, was, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so what what are your memories from your time as a Piston, and particularly, and then also, you know, playing at at Boston Garden? Um, it was great. I mean, that was that was quite an experience. It was so hot, muggy, no air conditioning. Our locker was hotter than hell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that but they did the, that there. I've read that before. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. 
I mean, you go out there and sweat on the court, and you come in the locker room and sweat some more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, um, so, yeah, that was great. Uh, that was my first experience, you know, getting traded to an Eastern team. And I didn't think it was going to be much different, but it was a bit different. Mm-hmm. The plays were different. Um, the playbook was different. It was it was not what I was used to at that time. Mm-hmm. I was more used to sequence off offense and moving offense where everyone had roles. And, uh, you know, in a system kind of where you could, you could freelance out of that system, but you always had some spacing in a system. That was more, those plays in Detroit were more, there were a ton of them, but they were more curl Vinny, pick and roll Bill, you know, Mm-hmm. And just and just let them go. So I, it was kind of a a step, of, you know, an evolving step of the game maybe before it really went into the moving offense. But uh, it was different. Now you know, you had to learn about a ton of plays, but they were short plays. Mm-hmm. No, no real system. But but those guys were so good. And what was um, uh, Dennis Rodman like as a teammate at that time? He was a rookie, so he was a, that he was pretty naive at that time, mm-hmm. um, and uh, kind of uh, learning the way. I know what you mean when you get in like that and with these guys, with the guys on that team. So he kind of had to be corralled mm-hmm. or channeled into certain areas, but the, you could see the potential with him mm-hmm. because he was just so quick and strong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's but. His shot was the biggest problem, the shooting. And uh, so he was just mainly in on for defensive sequence. And that's when he started saving balls. I mm-hmm. think I remember one time when he, he um, jumped into the stands to save a loose ball, and he got a standing ovation. <laughs> and after that, he was doing it all the time. <laughs> Even when the balls bounced out of bounds, he was just falling into the stands. <laughs> okay, okay, Worm, calm it down, Worm. Yeah. Do it all the time. <laughs> that's uh, that's funny, and uh, yeah, you know, he was uh, obviously, you know, I, I became a fan in the mid '90s. You know, when you know he was a lot different in his then as he was as, as his early days as a, as a piston. So I think it's kind of cool yeah. that you were around him at that time of, of his career. Yeah. So yeah, I know your career wrapped up after a short stint in Philadelphia, and then you went back to play overseas after that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I played in Rome with the. Michael Cooper. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Canary Islands after that. Very cool. Oh, I thought that was a Canary. No, it's Canary Islands first and then the Rome. Because Rome was at the end of my career. That, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Did you enjoy your overseas experience? I, I really enjoyed Rome and the Canary Islands. Had a good time there and uh, people were great. Um, especially Rome because there's a lot of English speaking people there mm-hmm. and the history. And the food. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, all that's a great combination. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think I just have a couple more questions for you. And um, thank you. Thanks so much, Kurt. I, I really enjoyed uh, learning more about, about you and your career. So during your time in Dallas, you know, you got to play alongside the only three players that have had their jerseys retired in the team's history and in Rolando, Derek Harper, and Brad Davis. What, what are your or what, what, what sort of experiences did you have with them? You know, those are, you know, three iconic names in the team's history and, and you got to play alongside them, like I said. So uh, what, what were your 
impressions of them or if you had any memorable anecdotes about those guys? Um, there actually is. I remember the first time, I think it was our first road trip. Not, it has to do with the game, but it was at the hotel. And I didn't know what to make of this. This is a shock. I'm a rookie, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm at the hotel. I'm waiting. I don't know why I'm waiting for somebody or something. And, uh, you know, when Scott and uh, Scott Lloyd and, and Tom Lagarde got together, you know, it was, those guys brought a party up to a new level. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm standing, at, I'm standing at the hotel lobby. All of a sudden, the, I hear commotion in the elevator. And the bing, it opens up. And there's Tom and Scott with Brad on their shoulders, and, and he's butt naked. <laughs> they toss him outside the of the elevator and make him wait for the next elevator. <laughs> and then they go up to their room. And I'm Pretty standing. I didn't know if I should laugh. You know, just, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm a rookie. I don't want to. I don't want to be the next one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but you know, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't reveal anything. All you saw was his backside as he waited for the elevator. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but that was. I mean, that was a whole new level that I, I have not experienced before, and that's happened with those guys in another occasion too. So they they were they just they would just pass people around like medicine balls. <laughs> that's uh. That's really funny. Again, that's probably the only uh, the only time I'll hear something like that on this. <laughs> I would I would imagine. So uh, uh, yeah, I, I got plenty more. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have uh, another you wouldn't mind sharing? Yeah, I, I think actually, I just this comes to mind too is another good one. Okay. Uh, it was I don't know. It was another road trip. It was after the game. I'm trying to think, and uh, and we were uh, I, I met up with the reporter. And uh, we decided to go out and have a beer. So we walked to a restaurant, I mean, to a bar. And uh, there's Scott and, and Tom Agard dancing. <laughs> and I said, oh, we better get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and, a guy, and the reporter goes, no, let's go, let's go. No, come on, come on, Don, let's get out of here. No, no, let's, let's go. Scott, Scott and Tom are here. I said, all right. And we go, we sit and they sat with us and we're joking and laughing. Tom and uh, Scott get up on the dance floor, start dancing. And then they look at Don, tell him to come on up. And he gets up. And Scott comes over and just picks him up over his head. (laughs) Puts him on his shoulder and starts dancing with him. And Don, now, not not letting the moment go, starts swimming on his shoulders as he's turning like he's a freelance woman's swimmer, mm-hmm. you know, real delicate, and like he was, he turned his head to get air, and as he, and he was just like, it was totally corrugated, it was just beautiful, you know, it was, it was like it was planned. <laughs> and I was just laughing, and he would, there, and he, he, he passed him to Tom, and he danced with Tom, you know, so he'd, he'd, he'd be swimming up in the air, he was all by himself in the air swimming. <laughs> that's uh that's a funny image to to try and picture yeah so. i know i know <laughs> i know it's hard to it's hard to picture but when i picture i picture a, a woman's uh cap on and a nose plug <laughs> it helps uh that's hilarious um all right i think i just got one last question for you and um yeah. 
And uh, this is typically how I like to wrap up these conversations. So what I'm looking at right now in front of me is the roster for your rookie year in Dallas. Um, there's 13 names on it, including you. I wanted to see how many of them you could name. Oh, man. Uh, hey, Brad, Scott, Tom, Roe, Mark, Elston, Jay, um, Gosh, is everybody blah? No. Wallace? Um, Derek? Uh, no, Derek wasn't there your, your rookie year. Oh, my rookie year. Okay. I yeah, your rookie year. Yeah. Well, that's even tougher. Um, Fluby? Yeah, uh, I can't remember too much. Okay. No, that's fine. Um, I, you know, I, I, can, I can name them for you. Uh, that's, I always like to see, you know, and it's harder, you know, you know, it was a long time ago and you played several seasons here, but um, I got a couple names you forgot. Alan Bristow. Oh, yeah, yeah, Alan. <laughs> yeah, I should uh, remember that. Wayne Cooper. Oh, yeah, Wayne. Was he the first? Yeah, I didn't know if he was there in that year or not. Yeah, uh, Clarence I Keith. Didn't know if it was him. I didn't know if it was him or Wallace that was there that first year. Um, Clarence Key, yeah, I remember he was yeah. a rebound machine. Ollie Mack. Ollie Mack, yeah, that's right. And uh, Jim Spinarkle. Yep, Jim Spinarkle, yep. Yeah. Jim's a great guy. <laughs> well, uh, bad at the remembering things. Oh, no, no, you, you, you shared plenty that. I, uh, I, I remember the fun stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, what are you up to these days, you know, since uh, with your playing days behind you? Um, I, uh, I, I, after I got out and I had my save some money and I invested it in commercial real estate in Sedona, Arizona. And, uh, I mean, I did the residential while I was playing and didn't like it. Mm -hmm. So after I heard about the commercial and the leases with the commercial, so I ended up just buying some properties here, commercial properties. And, uh, and I, in 2000, I retired just on the income of that. Wow. Good for you. So yeah, Sedona just picked up. I like I thought it would. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's been doing great. That's so, and uh, I still live in Sedona and loving it here. Great. Well, um, yeah. that's, that's good to hear. And, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if, you stuff. know, you talk to people who, uh, who don't have a invested interest in NBA in basketball anymore and you get the straight scoop. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah. well, uh, you know, thanks for being so responsive and for, for coordinating or scheduling this, this time with me. And, uh, no I'll, uh, I'll shoot you a link once I, once I have it online. Okay. All right. Th thanks right. a lot, Kurt. You have a so great long. night. All right. You too. Bye. Okay. Bye.